Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Happy Friday to everyone. TGIF. This has been a long week. Almost over. So glad, uh, glad you're tuning in. Happy to have you here. Big show today. Also, it's going to be Open Line Friday in the second half of the show. So if you want to call in, wait until the second hour. But we'll have open phone lines. 888-441-1121 is our number. We've been talking about a lot of things this week whether it be Afghanistan, um, we talked about the economy. No matter what, the, the immigration, we, we spoke with a former um, a former ICE agent. You, you look at every single thing, everything is just falling apart. It's all falling apart. And at the center of all of it is one man, Joseph Biden. And when you hear him, he says everything's going well. He says his policies are working. But the failure, he has something else to blame for that. We heard him today. He said that Delta variant is why we had an abysmal jobs report. Obviously, it's Donald Trump's fault that people were left behind in Afghanistan. The list goes on and on. He's a man who can't get the job done. His policies are actually hurting America. And he has a he has a blame list as long as Santa Claus. So with us today to talk about this and all a bunch of other things, welcome on our guest, Jeff Croft. He is a former state representative from the great state of Oregon a farmer and radio host. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, Max, thanks for inviting me. It's uh, it's good to be with you and your audience today. Yeah, it, it, we, we try to have fun here as much as we can these days with how chaotic and ultimately depressing it is. Um, usually what we do when we start off is we let our guests introduce themselves for a little bit. Um, so why, why don't you tell the audience where you are right now because it's an interesting backdrop. And, uh, and, and what you've done over your career. Well, th- thanks, Max. I'm a fifth-generation Oregon farmer, and I'm literally sitting in the cab of, of one of my tractors because uh, when this broadcast is concluded, I'm going to be going round and round the field. Actually, it's not round and round the field anymore. It's kind of back and forth because we have autopilot for tractors now. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I grew up as a kid with no cabs on tractors. And today I'm in a tractor that has not only autopilot, but it's very quiet. It's got a refrigerator in it of all things. So we, um, we are in a, a crazy place in Oregon. I'm a couple hours south of, of crazy downtown Portland where there is true lawlessness. And it's, it's been building a long time in this state. And it's, I really believe the 100 consecutive nights of riots that we had last summer are going to have a big impact politically in this state. And all of the polling that I have seen that I've been a part of as I do some political consulting on the side shows that it will have. And I think that as we get into the furtherance of the Biden administration and to see this disaster that's happened in Afghanistan and also what's happening on the southern border i think that same dynamic is starting to play out in the minds of people the polls for joe biden's approval rating are going down and that's reflective of people's impressions 
of his ideas and how he's impacting their lives. All of us listen to the same radio station, WIIFM, which is the acronym that stands for What's In It For Me. So when a politician or a candidate's out there talking to people, people are judging them by their sincerity, by their intentions, but also really how their ideas are going to impact their lives. Nobody likes how this thing has, has ended up in Afghanistan. And having been there in 2006, embedded in combat infantry units, I'm angry about what's happened there. And I'm angry about the lawlessness that, that is allowed to happen in these Democrat-controlled cities like Portland. I was a victim of an Antifa attack. Apollo was there that very same day uh, where Antifa attacked a group of, of pastors, Christians, with women and children, and they didn't care that they were macing us and throwing bombs and eggs and causing problems, unprovoked. That's lawlessness, and that's the attitude of where the Joe Biden administration is today, and frankly, it's the attitude of most of these Democrat-run cities. And I want to tell everybody I think there's a huge pushback that's coming, and I hope so, because we've got to get this country back on track. We do. We do. Um, So I want to talk about all of that. So I don't even know where to start. L- let's start with <laughs> Afghanistan, because we, we've, we've been talking about that for a few days. Sure. I don't want to spend the whole hour talking about it, because the more I talk about it, the more depressed I get. I never served in the military, but I grew up. I mean, the Afghanistan war has been going on for 20 years. So right. that's my entire adolescence, my entire adult life. We've been at war in Afghanistan, and it hasn't always been top of mind the way it probably should have been for most people. But to see it end like this is is despicable so you mentioned that you were embedded you were embedded in iraq and afghanistan at different points and as an embedded radio reporter correct radio reporter right right so as as an embedded reporter you understand that your your life is at risk you understand that they're going to do everything they can to help you but you're kind of going there at your own risk right very much so you know i went out on patrols got mortared, got shot at. Um, you know, I, I lived the life of a combat infantryman, both in Iraq and Afghanistan. Even though they were different wars and different missions, they, the, the experience of our men and women now that are in combat in uniform in a combat zone is, is something, I mean, it's, it's life-changing. It really is, and it certainly changed me. And, you know, I got to come home in one piece. Some of the people that I were with didn't come home at all except in a body bag, and some of them came home with their limbs missing. Their lives are forever changed. To see us, after, after seeing the incredible uh, impact of war on American families, number one, and then secondly, on the countries that we were at war in and how it affected their families and their economy and their very future, to see America cut and run is just disgusting it has angered me i'm still angry about it i have to control it and try to understand is there anything good that can come out of this well i don't think there is as long as joe biden and a, and a whole pentagon full of woke generals are running the show this would have never happened with donald trump ever never. as president yeah we would have left afghanistan but it would have been different and it would not have been the disaster that it has become and will be yeah. So you knew you, you knew that it was always dangerous going into combat, and that's something you accept as part of the job. Right. Did you ever get the impression 
that you would ever be deliberately left behind. Obviously, things can happen. There's no guarantees. But did you ever have the impression that you were quite literally not only putting your own life at risk with the Taliban, but putting your own life at risk with the United States government? Did you ever get that impression that they would leave you behind? No. You know, I developed relationships with the combat soldiers that I was with because I lived with them. And uh, and they, they had my back, and, and they knew I had their back even though I couldn't carry a weapon. I was trained in weapons because they fully, and this is what they told me, they fully expected me that if we were in a firefight and there were guns laying on the ground, I needed to pick one up and help them defend the position. And I was prepared to go do that thing. I knew they would never leave me behind. But I understand today there are American journalists and American citizens that have been left behind all over Afghanistan, not just in Kabul. I mean, I was all over the country. And I can tell you, had I been an American trying to get out of Afghanistan under this circumstance, I would have beat feet for some other border. I would have stayed away as far away from Kabul as I could have gotten, because that's the only way these people are going to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned it. If you put up my screen, Mr. Producer, the way it's being reported is that there are now hundreds, hundreds of U.S. funded journalists, so not even embedded journalists, if we can put up the screen, Producer, please. Um, hundreds of journalists have been left behind in Afghanistan. Obviously, some of them are embedded, but the ones I'm looking at, and can we get this up on the screen, Mr. Producer? It should be up and running. Um, I'm reading it right here. These were journalists that were actually employed by the U.S. Agency for Global Media. I mean, you're talking about like Radio Free Europe, Radio Radio Liberty. These, right. these. I mean, if we're being honest, propaganda arms. They're largely propaganda arms. Right. Propaganda is not a dirty word. We have tons of propaganda that we broadcast in other countries. Right. These are actually U.S. journalists, like U.S. government employee journalists. They just left them behind. And they're just there to fend for themselves. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. And yet you have Joe Biden parading around saying it was the best withdrawal ever. It was a historic airlift. I mean, they left somewhere around 10% of the people behind. In what world do you have a president celebrating a 90%? In what world is that okay? Well, in the fantasy world of Democrat Party spinmeisters and the president's camp or his his administrative that are trying to spin what they know is an absolute disaster because again America knows it's a disaster and the polling reflects that they're just trying to spin it you know I got to tell you these journalists that work for the government or anybody else that work for the U.S. government or our NATO allies their lives are worthless over there right now they can expect to be killed but it's not just them too we have we have Christian aid organizations that are over there that have chosen to stay. Their lives are greatly in jeopardy. And, and I greatly admire, as a practicing man of faith, I greatly admire their dedication to, to getting the gospel message out there. But they, their lives are truly in danger because the Taliban takes no prisoners with those people. They will execute them, and they don't care where they're from. Yeah, they don't. And and we're hearing reports of like Operation Pineapple Express, different teams of U.S. Right. veterans that are over in Afghanistan doing the job that the Biden administration won't do. And I was reading a lot. Of, I, I wanted to learn as much as I could about these people because they truly are a modern day 
Dunkirk rescue, yeah. right? Except in, in, yeah. instead of the fishermen going across the English Channel, they hopped on planes and flew to the other side of the world. A lot harder yep. to do. But I was reading part of it, and apparently they were getting calls from inside the White House. These U.S. veteran volunteers were getting calls from inside the White House, inside the national security team, asking them to rescue certain people. How backwards is that? You have Joe Biden issuing an actual stand-down order to the generals. He didn't want any U.S. teams right. going outside the wire. And then that, and we have up now, finally, the uh, right. the U.S. journalists getting left behind. We can take that down now. We have, we have an actual report of, of Joe Biden. Not even a report. It's like they admit it, that he told the generals, do not send U.S. teams outside the wire because he didn't right. want a new um, Black Hawk Down situation. He didn't want what happened right. in Mogadishu under Clinton. He was afraid. He was afraid. So instead of, and they ultimately did, they let three specific rescue operations go over the wire um, and they rescued hundreds of people. But to hear that the White House, while they're telling U.S. troops to stand down, are are basically giving instructions to the volunteer veterans, it just seems so backwards. It does. And I, I wish I could make yeah. sense of it. I really did. I really do. But the, the only thing it comes down to is that this, this, this man in the Oval Office just is not for the job. He is incapable of doing the job. When he does the job, he puts America last. I mean, I don't even know what I want. Do I want him to do the job? Because when he does, he puts Americans last. Do I want him to, like, abstain from the job? Well, no, you need to have someone there to, to issue some orders as opposed to him who was hiding the first week this was all collapsing. I don't know what's better, but I do know it's unsustainable. And you're absolutely right. I, I hope, I pray that we take this country back. I pray that people wake up, and I know that you, you're you pushing for that on your radio show, and we push for it here. Right. Yeah, you know, there's a very short window of time, uh, just as there was with Dunkirk in World War II, there's a very short window of time for these volunteer, former military, many of them in former special forces, guys and gals that are over there, they have a very short window of time to get these people out. While things are still chaotic, before the Taliban can solidify any kind of a real structure, they can take advantage of that, but that window will close quickly. And, you know, your, your comment there is not lost, that here you've got a president afraid to send military force, our military forces out there because it might make him look bad in case you had a Black Hawk down, but what are, our, what are our NATO partners doing? Well, the British and the French and the Australians and the, the Kiwis, they've got special forces teams that were out there rescuing our people in addition to their yeah. own. And that's just, if, for every American operator that I was ever around, including many of the military that were on the ground in Kabul, that just had to grate on them like you wouldn't believe. They had every capability, every right to go out and go get their people and to say that, no, we got to stay back behind here. we got to rely on one of our NATO, NATO partners to go get our people. That's not how those people think. And that had to really tick a lot of them off, and I, I can't blame them. But they were soldiers. They did their, their duty. I just, I just think that this, we have to get a new commander-in-chief as quickly as possible that isn't Kamala Harris by the way, yeah, yeah, that will do the right things for America. And you said it right. Joe Biden makes America last. And, and I really believe, again, we're seeing this in the polling, and I hope it holds true for the long term. 
Donald Trump made America first again, had pride America. Now we have been like a dog that has tucked its tail between its legs and gone whimpering away, making America last. Those two images are greatly opposed to each other, and I hope the American people, when the next time this, the next elections roll around, will, will realize the mistake they've made and put somebody in office who will stand up for America. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned, uh, did, did you hear this report? If we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, there was reporting from late August, and it was, it was actually put up by um, Washington Examiner. If you can't read it, I can read it to you. U.S. General tells British Special Forces, stop rescuing people in Kabul. You're making us look bad. So I agree. Absolutely. We need to get rid of Joe Biden and, and preferably one that not replaced with Kamala Harris. But this is a disease that has infected more than just the Oval Office. It has infected the Pentagon. Yeah. It has yeah. infected the State Department. Right. And it's an infection that has been festering for a long time. You don't become the, the, the general of the 82nd Airborne Division overnight, right? Joe Biden didn't install him in the last seven right. months. He's been working his way up through the ranks. So there's something. There, there is something rotten in the, in the in the District of Columbia because it's not just Joe Biden. If the uh, just imagine, imagine what it would take for a general to ask his British counterpart to stop rescuing people because it's making us look bad. It just it's a careerism that is so obviously corrupt. I don't know if it's fixable. I don't know if that's fixable. Well, it, the only way it's fixable is for somebody like a Donald Trump to get elected again, maybe Trump again as president, who doesn't care about playing the political game. When you get to that level as a general in the Pentagon, you've learned to play the political game. And what, what's got to happen is somebody like Trump's got to come in and clean house of those generals and put the, the junior officers in the command staff in charge, those that will be loyal to the concept that America truly is still the shining city on a hill and that we are still unique and that we have inalienable rights given to us by God and not by government, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Generals who will do that and say, my career be damned. I'm going to do what's right for America and the future of America. Those are the people that we need, and we've got a clean house in the Department of Defense and a lot of other places too. We do. We do. We're here talking with a special guest, Jeff Croft. Um, he is a former Oregon. Am I saying it right? Is it Oregon or Oregon? I always I always think I'm saying it right. Oregon. Like gun. Oregon. Oregon. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's how I try to say it. But every now and then I hear someone say Oregon, and yeah. it, it, it messes me up. Uh, former state representative from Oregon, a, uh, a farmer. He is coming to us from his tractor on his field and also a radio host. Going to mention real quickly that this podcast is, is sponsored by Air Med Care Network. Unlike Joe Biden, when you need to be evacuated to a hospital, Air Med Care Network will not leave you behind. It is the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you need to be airlifted for a medical emergency. It's not a, it's not a cheap thing. If you need to be airlifted to a hospital, it can cost up to 60 grand in some cases. Well, when you become a member of Air Med Care Network, it only costs $85 for one year, and it covers your whole household. It's less if you're a senior citizen, and it's less if you buy three or five years at a time. And when you go to the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and then you use promo code daily, they're going to give you a bonus up to $50 back. It's free money. 
So again, go to the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So again, we're here with Jeff Croft. Um, I, I want to get off of Afghanistan. I mean, we could talk about Afghanistan forever. Um, right. I think it's though, it is just, it's it's a symptom of, as we were talking about, the larger problem. Joe, Joe Biden is the anti-King Midas, right? Everything he touches turns to crap, right? <laughs> it's, he doesn't have the Midas touch. He has the Biden touch. And, and the things that he doesn't want to touch, Kamala Harris handles it, and we know how she does with that. I just, do you think people are waking up? You've talked about the polls, and I don't take the polls super seriously. Yep. But when when the when the because you can make a poll say whatever you want to say uh, with push right. polls right. And, and the way they're designed with the sampling, right? But when you see the Democrat leaning polls, when you see a poll like the one we just saw with NPR, which is plus seven Democrat, right? And it still has Joe Biden in the forties. I mean, I, I don't I don't like to like to bet bet the farm to use the saying. I don't I don't like to bet the farm on these polls, but. It's pretty obvious that the people aren't happy. Do you think you, you've mentioned if it holds? Do you think this holds, or do you think Joe Biden will be able to claw out of it? I think it depends. I think it depends on two things. And I'm going to say the first thing is Donald Trump staying active and continuing to keep that base of people that voted for him fired up. Because keep it in mind. Every one of those people know other people that probably voted for Joe Biden and may be regretting it, maybe having conversations with people. This is what I talk about on my radio show is changing your world one person at a time by persuading a persuadable person, not by arguing with them, but by having meaningful conversations. And there are people who voted for Biden because they didn't like Trump's tweets, they didn't like the bad orange man, whatever, that are now regretting it for a lot of reasons, and they're varied reasons. So if, if Trump stays out there and keeps people fired up and engaged, not too much, but out there enough to keep people engaged, then they'll continue to persuade the persuadable and have that impact. I think the second thing is, can the conservative media, like your podcast, my daily radio show, on terrestrial radio, can we remain strong enough and grow in influence to go around the social media platforms that sometimes limit and censure our speech? If we can grow fast enough and gain an influence, we can counter so much of the leftist mainstream media and, again, those social media platforms that act as the arbiters of our freedom of expression. I think if, if those two things can happen, then yeah, I, I think we can have a shot at turning this country back to the direction we were headed, and that was making truly America great again. And the whole concept that America and the whole concept of America is a truly great thing that benefits mankind. And stopping this critical race theory, an idea that, that every white person is a bad person just because you're white, and rewriting history. Uh, and those things we're seeing enormous pushback from. And polls, yes, they're only snapshots in times. But when poll after poll shows, as you rightly mentioned, even a Democrat-leaning poll, a trend in people's attitudes, you know something's going on. I think what's happening today is bigger than what happened 
with the Tea Party movement of 2010. I think it's bigger than Trump in 2016. I think it can truly change the entire direction of this country back to where we were headed in a way if we just don't give up hope and we keep fighting. Well, what I've been mentioning on the podcast is Donald Trump has to make a decision whether he wants to be king or he wants to be kingmaker. If he wants to be king, I have a hard time seeing anyone beating him. But I think that probably right. fractures the party, especially if Ron DeSantis runs. You don't want the all of the conservatives fighting against each other again. You, you get into a similar problem that the Democrats have. What do you think he's going to do and what do you think he should do? The king versus kingmaker. Yeah. Um, I, I, I pondered that, and I don't think I have a, a good answer. I think Trump's made up his mind. Uh, I suspect that he is not going to run again, uh, and I and I just have a feeling about that. I want him to run again because he is the only person that I see out there that can truly energize not just the Republican Party. I don't yeah. want just the Republican Party energized. I want people who really don't like either party but believe in the intent of a Donald Trump presidency again and what it can mean for them. Remember, I go back to we all listen to WIIFM. People want America to be a great nation for everything that we hold dear for the future. I mean, I have two grandsons, eight and soon to be ten. I want them to live in a great, free America that respects people's opinions but doesn't destroy ourselves from within and allows everybody to reach their own potential, no matter what your race is, no matter what your background is, your religion, whether you're straight, gay, whatever you want to call yourself, it doesn't matter. America and the concept of liberty is for everyone. And I want them to grow up in that country. And if Donald Trump can help us get there, if he can energize the base to become the president once again and take us back to that place, I will help him any way I can. If he decides to be a kingmaker, however, I think that's fine, too, because I think that that would be his role in getting a Ron DeSantis or a Mike Pompeo uh, elected to the presidency. He could do that. I would, If he runs again, I will tell you that those are the two people that I would like to see as his running mates. So Mike Pompeo, who was very loyal to Donald Trump, who's very articulate, is a very different personality, or a Ron DeSantis, whom every day I grow in respect and admiration for, because he's a lot like Trump. He's just telling everybody, I don't care what you think. I'm going to do the right thing. This is how we're yeah. going to do it in Florida, and I'm going to take you head on. So you're saying you're saying you're not sold on Mike Pence coming back for round two? No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm not. Yeah, no, he, he's done. He he's insinuated that he might run, but I'm pretty sure he's done. Yeah, Trump has he's done. Trump. He's done. Trump said, I think it was on Hannity the other day that he isn't he isn't announcing what he wants to do because that brings up campaign finance regulations. So it seems pretty clear he. Right. He he's leaning towards the running because you don't you don't shy away from announcing you're not running. You shy away from announcing you're running until you get everything lined up. Um, So let's talk a little bit about this Antifa. I mean, because you're obviously right uh, right now you're on a farm. 
but you're not that far away from one of the bellies of the beast, Portland. The other belly of the right. beast, obviously, Seattle. Um, we, for this podcast, in many ways, kind of rose to prominence covering some of that last year, specifically in the Chaz. Um, did you ever have a chance to see their their garden that they were growing in the Chaz? I I saw pictures of it. <laughs> I did. So, oh so my. as a farmer, as a farmer, do you have any? Um, do you have any sign? Are you seeing any signs of encouragement that those leftist antifa radicals would have any chance of producing their own food source? No, because they have no <laughs> capacity to critically think. If they did, they wouldn't be calling those of us who stand for liberty, especially pastors and Christians, fascists. That's what they called us when they attacked us. Pastors there on the waterfront holding a church service, preaching the love of Jesus to people. They called us fascists. And, you know, yeah, they, they cannot think critically. They're so sold out ideologically that they are, they're psychopathic is really what they are. When you get yeah. to that point, you've crossed a line in your mind and your soul. And, and it, it takes a lot to bring you back. It's possible. There's, there have been some high-profile stories of people leaving Antifa, uh, you know, and, and I hope and pray that more of that happens. But they have to be dealt with. You cannot allow a lawless behavior uh, without consequences, and that's what we have going on uh, in Portland. I know very, very much similar to Seattle, and it's happened all across the country as these George Soros-funded DAs get elected in these big cities. In, in Portland's case, Mike Schmidt, who used to be a staffer when I was at the end of my legislative session. He was a kid. Now he's the DA, funded by George Soros. He chose not to prosecute 892 people. It's on his website, who were yeah. arrested for violent protests and for rioting. He chose not to. Many of them were released, and they turned around and assaulted the cops and burned down buildings and got arrested again. In fact, we have stories, numerous stories of people who were released, coming back and getting arrested again and again and again. You cannot allow that to happen and not to think that at some point it has such a negative impact on your society and your culture that you devolve into civil war. I see, unless we get a new governor who puts their foot down in the state of Oregon and says no more, if you, if Portland, if you're going, Ted Wheeler, the mayor, and the city council, if you're going to tell your cops to stand down and let Antifa run the streets, guess what? I'm coming in. I'm going to come in with the state police and the nat National Guard, and I'm going to use the bully pulpit, and I'm going to call you out every time you do that. And here's the thing. Right now, polling that we took about five months ago is very consistent with polling that was just announced two weeks ago that shows the people of Portland are fed up with the lawlessness and in big numbers. Politically, that's going to have huge impact. Well, I think we've all known that there is a two there's always been a two-tiered justice system, that the wealthy and the powerful have a yes. different set of rules than the little guy. And we see it all the time. We see it with the Hillary Clintons of the world, right? Anytime someone well-connected on the Democrat side, the Jeffrey Epstein, look how many times he got let off the hook right. before he was finally actually prosecuted. We've always known that there's been this two-tier justice system. What's been terrifying is to learn 
is that yes, it does exist, but it's not just about wealth and power. It's about political ideology. Right now, there are two lawyers in the state of New York that were arrested for firebombing a police car. I don't know if you remember that. when During the Black Lives Matter yep. protests in New York yep. City, they actually threw a Molotov cocktail into a police car. Lawyers, they, they passed the bar. They were working lawyers. They got a plea deal. Rudy Giuliani has been has law license revoked, not for firebombing right. a police right. car, for representing a client in court. So it, it's not just about the wealthy and the powerful. It is ideological. As you said, the George Soros DAs, they are quite literally right. letting leftist gangsters, because that's what they are. It's, a, it's the modern day gangster. Antifa is an organization. Right. It's, loosely, it's loosely connected. Yep. It's not like a typical mob organization, but there still are leaders and, and it's a group. But this is a mob. This is they cross state lines. They com, sure. they cross state lines to commit violence. It absolutely, it, it's it's a modern day mob. They're getting let off the hook, and the conservatives are being arrested. I don't know if you saw this. In uh, one of the D.C. protesters was just brought back to jail because when he was let out pending trial, he was not yeah. allowed to consume social media. And in his garage on his phone, he watched Mike Lindell's symposium for a little bit. And because he watched the symposium, he's now back in jail. It is, it is there, there's an insanity that I don't think it's infected. Yes. I think it's been there all yeah. along and they're just confident that they can get away with it now. I don't know how to fix that because it's at all levels of government. It's at all levels of, of uh, the justice system. They just don't want to prosecute leftist criminals. How, how do you fix that? Other than what you talk about bringing the state police well, in. It it's it's going to take the supreme court ruling that you cannot have two systems of justice you cannot allow conservatives to get prosecuted and not use the full weight of the federal government and the fbi to call antifa what it is and prosecute them they are under the definition that you described fit the definition of both terrorism and clearly, they are racketeering organizations. They ought to be prosecuted under the RICO statutes. And anybody who funds them should be prosecuted. The Supreme Court's going to have to make this decision. And I have to believe one of the enduring benefits of the Trump legacy is going to be all of the judges he's put on the federal bench. So what conservatives and people like you and I have to be willing to do is to do a little judge shopping, do strategic lawsuits, with judges who will allow cases to be ruled on that set the precedence that ultimately puts this in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. We do have, even with the traitor John Roberts, and that's what I call the man, uh, we have a majority of constitutional conservatives on the court today. And this has to get in front of them, and they have to rule that you cannot have two systems of justice. This has to be set by the Supreme Court. It's our only hope. And, and beyond that, the only hope is an armed revolution. And I don't want to see that happen. We've already had one civil war in this country. We do not want to see another one. It's the wrong direction to go. The court has Definitely. to step in yeah. somehow. Definitely. And, now, and we've well, said this on the show, heads up. Yeah. My, um, let, let me give you a quick heads up. My, my iPhone is running low on battery. So if I drop okay. out all of a sudden... That's okay. Well, well, I, I, I'll let you go. But briefly, I want to ask 
you a quick question about farming, if that's okay. Because I haven't had a chance to sure, ask sure. farmers about this. You're a fifth generation farmer. You say you're in a tractor that is state of the art. It's got all the things. One of the things I've read about and found very interesting is the issue of right to repair. Back in the day, you would have a tractor, you'd be able to fix it. Now right. the tractors are so electronic, they have so many computers that when they break, you can't fix it. And the, the companies won't actually give you the tools or the software to fix it yourself. You have to bring it back to them and they charge you an arm and a leg. Have you experienced that yet or are the tractors still holding up? I've experienced some of that. Uh, the, the new John Deere combine, we, we primarily buy John Deere products for various reasons. The new John Deere combine we bought three years ago has 30 two microprocessors in it, 32 computers. So there are very few independent uh, service techs that can come out and access those components because of the very thing that you've stated. I strongly believe that in a free market that you cannot regulate the activities of a John Deere, say, that won't make that that opportunity for right to repair to exist. The older tractors and combines, yes, uh, they're not so computerized. We have guys that will come out that are not connected to the local John Deere dealer, and they will literally come out and work on it at a lower price. It's more economical for guys like me. At the same time, it's buyer beware. We love technology. Yeah. You know, I got an iPhone, and Apple's got things, backdoors built into that iPhone, I believe, that the federal government can access. We're broadcasting on Facebook. The federal government's had backdoors into Facebook from the beginning. So we have to accept a certain amount of this. I think we, as customers, and, and that's why I go back to the social media platforms, new platforms that we can access yeah. that, goes, that goes around those that will censure us, we then have to be able to develop somehow in the farming industry the technology capability so that a tech can come out and can crack into a new product and not violate any law and not get himself in trouble, not get me in trouble. So we're, we're going to have to develop that, that capacity in a marketplace you know, it, it's, you get into dicey areas when you're talking about making yeah. laws that are, um, you know, that are, are cross a line. And, but, heck, yeah. we did it with social media, right? They can do whatever yeah, they yeah. want. So, heck. I, I, under, I you understand know. what you mean. I understand what you mean. You don't want to live in a country where, you, where the law can force companies to sell right. products at certain prices. I get that. The other side, the flip side of it is, if you can't fix it, do you really own it? If you're not no, allowed to point. fix it, you know what I mean? Okay, no, fair, fair point. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't argue the other side of that because no, no, do yeah. I really own this iPhone? Yeah. I don't yeah. know that I do because I can't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not allowed to fix it. They won't let you fix it. Even if you wanted to buy the parts and fix right. it, they won't let you do right. it. So it's, it's almost like we've been... It, it, it's like it's like farming as a service. You ever hear of like software as a service? The John, right. the John Deere tractors are like farming as a service. You buy it and then they want you to keep paying to fix it. Um, so I, I was reading that a couple of weeks well, ago. And it's and very interesting. It is. You know, here, here's what's interesting. You know, when you are providing a service, you can set the price based on 
kind of the marketplace, right, for, the, for your service. In farming, as a farmer, I can't set the price of my crop. I take whatever the, you know, the old saying is farmers yeah. are price takers, not price makers. Yeah. So that, that's the interesting conundrum there. You know, I, I wouldn't mind farming for a service fee uh, if it was consistent year in and year out. But you know what? I'm an independent yeah. cuss. That's why I'm a farmer. I like my independence. Yeah. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Yeah. And so I would have a hard time doing that. Yeah. Well, I, I want to thank you, Jeff, for, for, for stopping by. I'd love to have you on again. Um, I know sure. your phone's going dead, so I don't, I don't want to keep you on too long. But uh, thank you so much for, for coming on. And I hope you have a, a great rest of the day and a good harvest. Thank you very much, Max. Great to be with your audience. Anytime uh, I'll make myself available wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Have a great rest of your day and a great weekend. Thank you. So we were just with Jeff Croft. He is a former Oregon state representative, a reporter. He was embedded in the Middle East, um, a farmer. Got to ask him a farm question. I've always been very interested about the farming equipment, the farming lifestyle. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's extreme. I mean, he's on, farmers are on the razor's edge. I mean, we, we've seen all of this flooding on the East Coast right now from, from that hurricane. Uh, he says he can't set the prices. You're right. And you can't control the weather. It's, it's a fascinating, a fascinating profession, uh, profession, a fascinating life. Um, conservative atheist says, so the tractor has a fridge, but no USB charging point. I don't know. I don't know. We, we appreciate Jeff's time and I uh, love to have him back on again in the future to talk more about Antifa and the government. Very, very good. So on the other side of this break, we're going to have open lines. So can we put the phone number up? Our phone number is 888-441-1121. We're going to talk about all of the different stories of the week. Whatever you want to talk about, we're talking about it. Whatever you want to vent about, vent away, right? This has been a stressful as hell week for me. Not just like with my life, just watching this train wreck happen in real time. And what I've said on the podcast before is it feels is it feels like I am watching a train wreck while I am on the train, but the train's so damn long I haven't reached the corner yet where the train derailed. That's what it feels like. And it, it's fascinating to watch until you realize that this is your life, this is your livelihood, this is my kid's future in the balance. Jeff talked about his grandchildren. I know exactly what he's talking about. I mean, <laughs> I, I have two kids. I have a three-year-old and a 10-month-old. Three and a half. Three, he's three and a half. I can't call him three. He's three and a half three-and-a-half-year-old son and a 10-month-old son. I want them to inherit a country that's better than the one I inherited. And Jeff mentioned that he feels like this is the Tea Party. I hope so. I hope that this is the next Tea Party movement coming. What, what I am terrified of, what I'm terrified of is that when the Tea Party came around, the media, the left, they branded them as crazies. And the kooks, loons, right? That, that was the whole narrative. They said, oh, you're, you're just a crazy Tea Partier. They say you're a teabagger. That was the narrative. Today, that narrative has shifted. If you wanted to do a Tea Party movement today, you're a white supremacist. You are quite literally the scum of the earth, is what they would say. And then you'd be deplatformed. That's what Jeff was saying. We have, to, if we want to take this country back, we're gonna have to fight through all the big tech 
companies that are going to do everything they can to put their finger on the scale to keep Joe Biden in power. So I, I hope I, I hope we can do it. I, I think we can. But as I say at the end of every podcast, the fight isn't over, but we all have to fight together if we're going to have any chance of winning this. So again, I want to take your calls, 888-441-1121. We will take them on the other side of this real quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call-to-action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. 